0: Buongiorno and welcome to the My Way of Thinking podcast, or my what for short, hosted by me, Lee Greeno, here, live from the Man Cave every week. Now, today I'm speaking to Aaron Kleinman. Uh, Aaron is a sex therapist, a relationship counsellor, just anything to do with getting on with the other half. <laughs> but no, a lot more than that. Aaron is just a lovely guy. I speak to him all the way from Bali um and he just goes through so many brilliant bits of advice and tips um so you're going to love this episode now remember my way i think is all about us amazing human beings that all have a story to tell those stories can vary massively but with the guests i'll be interviewing you'll always be able to take a little bit of advice or insight into how extraordinary we can all be remember four rules one no bullshitting two no judging three no negativity four have fun Remember to look back on the previous episodes uh, because there are some cracking ones. We've got John Bosiak, We're now Latley like, Crawford. Just loads of inspirational people talking about their journeys and some brilliant advice on there also. Uh, Remember the podcast stream on all the usual platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. If you just put My Way Thinking podcast on, it will all come up. And finally, if there's a guest you'd like me to get on or you'd like to come on or you want me to ask a question, email me. It's a whatpodcast at AOL.com. Okay, let's get on with it. This is my brilliant interview with... Okay, so welcome to My Way of Thinking this morning, and I have the amazing Mr. Aaron, Cl- is it Kleinerman?
1: Kleinerman, yeah.
0: Kleinerman, got it right. Welcome, welcome, Aaron. Woo!
1: <laughs> nice to be here, brother.
0: Good, good, good. So I just said to you, what time is it there? It's half four there. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's about 4.30 in the afternoon here in Bali.
0: Yeah, it's half past eight here, and really... Usually, I'll get up around seven ish. But last night, I was uh, quite late uh, editing. I was doing editing and stuff like that. And I sort of got into a zone where you just lose track of time. (laughs) And then you look (laughs) at your watch, it's like two o'clock. It's like, oh, no. Uh, Which was, but yeah, but no. One of those
1: nights. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But great to have you on today, Aaron. Now, Hmm. when I get my guests on, I always like to talk about where they're from. And just to quickly go through a couple of things and ask if they're correct because i want to start traveling more obviously after the pandemic um and bali is one of those places i'd love to go i mean just look at the background there. It's you know a little bit of breeze coming in <laughs> bit of sun a nice little
1: breeze the, the the sun is slowly coming down a nice green on the outside yeah it's a be- beautiful tropical paradise here. oh Enjoy.
0: nice <laughs> so if i open my door now it would just fly open the wind and the rain or <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it's not too bad this morning it's not too bad and we are having good days but so Bali is a beautiful place and I wanted to, I looked on Google as I always do to look at any facts and I wanted to check with you and see what you think. How long have you lived there, Aaron?
1: I've been coming here on and off the last probably eight, nine years. Normally in the winters, I'd be here for four to five months and with COVID, this has just been a really long, about year and a half winter.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, nice. Have you got a place there?
1: yeah i mean i I usually rent different places here but we're in a nice um big two two villa estate with a a bunch of friends so it's a nice community living we're all kind of in a a tantra tribe here all living and working in a similar field and supporting people to yeah to wake up so it's a good community vibe
0: oh lovely well so a couple of things and you can tell me if this is complete rubbish we'll see what google how truthful google are but I have heard about this before. Apparently, Volca- uh, Volcano Agung uh, is considered the most sacred place on the island. Of all the temples of the island that um, are turned into, it's party and all Balinese try to sleep the head to- their head towards this volcano. Um, apparently, it's a central axis of the universe and it looks a stunning place. Is that true?
1: That is true. And actually, um, you know, January 1st this year, I climbed Agung for the first time, which was about, a, we started at, uh, what was it, 10.30 at night, and got up there about 7, 6.30 oh. in the morning had a beautiful sunrise summit, and then uh, got back down around 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And, wow. Yeah, Agung is, I, I always enjoy a good hike, and Agung was a very, very powerful epicenter. Um, and really brings a lot of the the Balinese culture quite alive and into the yeah and into their day-to-day life here.
0: From the photos it seems like there's nothing else around it that sort of tall so it really is when you see photos of it's quite iconic isn't it? Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Yeah I mean you know we are on a a epicenter of a lot of volcanic activity. I remember several years ago I had a uh, a men's retreat running out here and about two months before um i believe i believe it was a gun i can't remember one of the volcanoes here on the island uh, erupted and everything blew up and everything was going all crazy i mean there was a lot of people that were had to leave their homes so you know there there's definitely volcanic activity that's live. and i just thought i think a week ago there was a volcano in sumatra again i can't remember the name that uh, just went off as well, so you know there's definitely quite a bit of activity with the tectonic plates and the, the the volcanoes here in Indonesia.
0: Do you get do you get a warning, Aaron, or is it just something that can just happen straight away?
1: I mean, where I'm living now, I live in Chengdu. That's a little bit away from uh, the volcanoes, so we would get enough of a warning and an awareness just from you know what we'd see in social media and news and things Mm. like that but if i was living closer to a a drone, then um i'd find a better way to be notified but not really i mean there's some notification systems but nothing that's really quite um large and and synchronized in any way
0: yeah so it's almost a beautiful thing and a very dangerous thing as well
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll take that danger compared to some of the other dangers that are happening in this world right now. I think uh, I, I felt incredibly blessed this last year to be here in Bali. And, you know, even with tourism completely going away and, you know, the people losing a lot of their economy in general yeah, you don't have yeah. to act, ask the balinese to smile and and to, to you know they're just generally quite happy peaceful and enjoyable being people and it, yeah. it's amazing to be in a culture like that no it's-
0: uh, now, the other thing that struck me when I was reading like different facts is apparently there's a bamboo chocolate factory there, which is the world's largest commercial bamboo building, which opened in November 2011, uh, not far from Ubud, I think it says. Um, now, that that interested me because bamboo is such a versatile, people don't realise. I remember going to a bike show once and seeing a bike that was actually bamboo, Tell us, is that true? There is a, a factory there,
1: Aaron? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there definitely is. I mean, there's a, quite a few chocolate factories here. Um, <laughs> the, You've in, got in, chocolate, you got everything there, are not you? we got a lot. We were just up in, uh, up in the mountains this past weekend and on our, wa- way, on our way back, we stopped at this chocolate factory and, it, was, you know, the COVID times, it was buy one, get one free, so we stocked up and it was nice vegan <laughs> chocolate, there. very delicious. You know, but the reason, really...
0: but the reason I say it about bamboo, are they very aware of make utilizing uh, wood and bamboo and things like that? There,
1: yeah, some of the the most beautiful architecture I've seen, especially in the last probably decade, is that it utilizes bamboo for these beautiful um, buildings and dining halls, and you know, there's a few places that are iconically built only out of bamboo. Um, and it just adds such a beautiful dimension and really intertwines the, your experience in the restaurant with the nature outside.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and then the, f- another one is the most expensive cop- coffee. Coffee Luwak is the most expensive in the world. Apparently uh, considered prices of coffee as hot, high as $50 a cup. Uh, it's one of the few places in bali that you can get this coffee is that true Kopi Luwak. have you heard of it
1: yes because the, the coffee the, there's an animal called the luwak which kind of looks like a, it's a little bit bigger than a squirrel longer tail and what the what these luwaks do in the forest is they eat the coffee beans i mean they have them now in cages and they eat the yeah. coffee beans and then when they basically poop out the coffee bean, they then take <laughs> that bean and then they roast it, and it has a particular amazing flavor. I mean, it's not my cup of cup of tea, but you cup know, of cup, <laughs> a cup of coffee. of coffee. For some, they'll pay big bucks for it. You know, 50 it just seems dollars. a little bit strange.
0: Someone, <laughs> someone is making a killing out there with with a load of these luwoks in a yard, Absolutely. going around picking up crap. <laughs> 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 and then the and then the final one which I thought was really interesting is the languages over there because you talk about you know having a beautiful uh, people lots of people there and uh, there's 580 different languages dialects spoken in in Indonesia some say there could be as many as 1200 uh, mm. but bahasa indonesia is the country's official language similar to malay Uh, but now its predominant language is Bali um, and there are concerted efforts to keep the Balinese language alive. Is it very multicultural over there?
1: I mean, you know, the Indonesian language, there's definitely each island and there's thousands of islands, there will often be different dialects inside the island, but there is a traditional Indonesian language that's taught amongst the schools. Multicultural, for sure. I mean, there's a strong expat community, especially here in Bali, more so than any of the other islands that have lived here for for a long time. So um, we do have, you know, there's a a lot of, especially now in this past year, there's been a lot of different Russians and Germans and Europeans and Americans Mm -hmm. and, you know, people from all over who have really made Bali their their full-time home.
0: Do you think they tend to come over there sort of for so many months like yourself and then go back home or other places? It's sort of a place where you go in the summer.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was generally my, you know, there's been friends who have lived in Bali, you know, for a long time and Bali was just normally a place I would put my feet up for four to five months, run a, a, you know, one or two retreats, have a few workshops and enjoy my time. I mean, it's just a very, there's a lot of beauty, there's a lot of rest and relaxation and um, there's beautiful surf, there's great hiking, there's you know, there's a a tremendous healing capacity here. Uh, The town you mentioned there, Ubud, I used to live, I I still spend a lot of time there, we're actually heading there this weekend, Um, is really, Ubud is a a home for healing. So a lot of people have journeyed to Ubud, to Bali, to have a, a deeper healing inside and to find you know, their journey back home into their own heart. So I think Bali calls to the souls of many different people through the year and some come and have their journey and experience and then they go off and then some are like, hey, this really feels like home and I want to be here longer.
0: It's funny you say that, you know, Aaron, because I was speaking to my wife the other day and I think a big thing with lockdown, especially now we've just passed the year mark, is having that time to even though we're stuck at home, I mean, I'm still popping into work and the wife's working from home, but you don't have that break. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's so important to have that time, even if it's just a couple of weeks away in a, in a, a, another space, another country with different weather, different climate, just to clear your mind and not think of anything because yes, we might be at home, but you still wake up with all the usual things swirling around your head. Well, I do. And, when you go away it gives you that break and we haven't had that through the pandemic and i think that's what's causing a lot of mental health issues what what, where we are now would you agree with that
1: yeah absolutely i think you know people who have been locked up and in the same place for this past year i mean there's a part of our body there's chemicals that are released when we see the sun more when we go out and we have You know when we just have a loving embrace from another friend and individual we release chemicals that make make our bodies feel good so the very fact that you know the only way a lot of people are able to go and meet others is with a mask across their face it's limiting their capacity to speak their voice that's inhibiting them to be close to their friends and their loved ones it's like absolutely I mean the I was researching A few weeks back, but the number of suicide deaths that have increased in this past year and and the number of, you know, increased mental health issues. And, you know, in in one side, it's great because I see a a greater global awakening that's happening and people are like, wow, this is, I've had enough. I need to actually start to take control of my own being, my own body. And, you know, for individuals such as myself that work in, in this field, I mean, my business and you know my, my partner and I, uh, everything has been thriving and, and just expanding massively. And everyone else I know in this field has been doing the same. Just so many more people are like, mm. I want some answers. I want some solutions. What do I do? What do yeah. I do when I rip my partner's head off because he said hello to me the wrong way? You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. there's it's so much. It, of...
0: Yeah, he's put everything yeah. into perspective, I think, for a lot of people. And especially a lot of people that maybe are stuck in a rut or something before this pandemic, now all of a sudden this has happened. It's given you a lot of time to reflect and think actually, what am I doing with my life? Where do I need to go? You know, because this pandemic has sort of blocked us all and you feel so trapped. So when you get released almost, it's like, wow, I can actually, you know, do something with my life instead of just carrying on sitting here. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i can actually look myself in the mirror and say wow i i don't want to be on my deathbed and say did mm-hmm. my life really matter i actually made a difference in the the resources and the time and the experiences yeah. that i had." whereabouts are you from originally aaron i'm from uh boston in the u.s uh, so what's
0: that so what's so do you ever go back to boston because that must be the two polar opposites bali <laughs> and then boston what's that like
1: yeah, I mean, I I came, I w- grew up in a, a small Irish Catholic town out about 35 minutes outside of Boston. Um, yeah, and then, you know, went to a military school outside New York City. So I basically went from a, um, you know, ship's captain navigating ships to a, uh, to a um, psychologist and therapist and transformational coach navigating souls. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. My my brother is a, is full in academia. He works for, you know, one of the, the largest universities in the U.S. And my sister lives in Boston still and works for a, a like a, a massive um, wealth management company that, you know, is global around the world. And I'm kind of the one that's like, oh, what's he, what's he been up to, you know? But I've just always done my own thing and you know, I've traveled a lot. And, you know, by the time I was, I think, 30, I'd already been to over, 50 countries around the world, and, you know, I've always really expanded and and seen the world from a different lens, so when I go back, you know, I love, I still have friends that I'll catch up with, and I have a love and appreciation, it's less of a, I'm there and and I'm better or anything else like that, it's like I've learned more than anything on the spiritual journey of, like, just loving and appreciating where somebody is, and, you know, what I find, there was a time, like, in my early 20s, I found veganism, and I was like, oh, you got to be vegan. That's the way everyone's going to, they're like, whoa, 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 just, just, just hold yeah, yeah. off on the vegan Nazi, you know? And I'm like, but, but this is the way, man, it's the way you got to do it, you know? And, and then eventually like, you know, through time, I remember, you know, quite a few years after all of that, and I was just letting them be, my, my dad had a bit of kind of a mini stroke in his brain and I was back in Boston. He was like, you know, so remember that, vegan thing we we're talking about and I was like yeah there's this movie that I tried to have you watch maybe a decade ago do you want to sit down and watch it he's like yeah yeah maybe that'd be a good idea <laughs> I'm like well okay so like what I learned is that I don't want to push my viewpoints on anyone when people when the when the student is ready the teacher appears you know yeah
0: how did that work out for him did he become vegan
1: um, he's definitely become more plant-based and aware, you know, he's he's kind of fluctuated in his weight throughout my whole life. He's been an emotional leader and, you know, I've tried to support him in many different ways. I mean, a big turning point for me with my father when I was 14 years old, my, my sister went to university just north of Boston and we were in a two and a half hour drive there. And one of the things that always really plagued my father was his gambling addiction. And in that two and a half hour drive, I basically convinced him and and supported him and listened to him to stop gambling. And that, you know, that was over, that was a long time ago now. I was 14, I'm 38 now. Um, So that was a total shift in my, the lens of perception that I began to view the world. And, you know, he kind of became, of course, he's my father, but he kind of became someone I would talk to and, and was, finding out about life and women and, and, you know, all the different things that a young teenage boy does. And I, you know, took this lens of actually recognizing, wow, there's a gift inside of me. It took me a lot longer to really be able to, you know, formalize that in a way. But I'm very grateful for that. And he really was able to listen, was able to, you know, listen to a son who clearly loved him. And also, I recognize that I had a pretty strong gift to be able to listen to someone to support them into, you know, vibrating more of their greatness in the world.
0: Yeah, it's quite powerful, isn't it? And I think we sometimes we take things for granted. It's quite powerful, just the conversation with someone um, and talking about serious issues like gambling, addictions and things like that. Sometimes they just want someone to listen to them. Um, because it's like it's interesting what you said about forcing people to become vegan i think that's the worst thing you can do and it divides people the best thing you can do is listen and people like you say if they make their own mind up you've got a lot more chance of them deciding right i'm going to give up gambling i'm going to start eating vegan or whatever because they're they're making the decision but if they think you're pushing the decision on them it can do the opposite it can make more damage can't it
1: absolutely yeah and i mean that's what i see with my you know day-to-day work now it's like a lot of the individuals who reach out to me are having challenges in the bedroom or challenges in their relationship and they're finally i've hit a place of whether it's rock bottom or some place and especially for men it usually takes a lot of hitting our head against the same <laughs> wall men they're like oh it's, it's a brick wall it's still a brick wall it fucking yeah. hurts i yeah. keep hitting my head and then finally it's like Oh, maybe I maybe I need to talk to someone, you know. And, and you know, I I, I love it. So like I went to a maritime military school. So I went to a school with a lot of guys that are quite but, you know, not meatheads, but just they know yeah. how to operate ships and like mechanical machinery and emotional like intelligence wasn't really what we learned there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's what I learned later on. Yeah. yeah. But every once in a while, you know, I've had a few recently, a couple of guys that reach out to me and they're like yeah, so I, I've been watching your journey for a long time. I, I, you pissed me off initially. I was like, who is this guy? And then I'm having some challenges in my relationship. I've listened to a couple of your videos and things. and hey, Bro, can, can we just have a chat? So I think you might not be that crazy. It's usually the general, <laughs> yeah, of
0: the, yeah, the yeah. message
1: that comes I out. Think, it, <laughs> I
0: think, I, I think, with men, like I say, they're not emotionally aware. Um, and if and if you tell them that it's, it's their problem or their issue, the first thing they do is direct that like to someone else. That I say, No, it's my wife, she's got a problem. She doesn't want to sleep with me or or whatever the issue is. And then eventually, it must be quite nice when you get that sort of spark off them that they turn around and go, oh, it is me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realise that.
1: Oh, my God. Well, you know, I I reflect, I remember my my brother who's eight years older and, you know, he has two kids and I love being an uncle to them when I see them in non-COVID times. But for so long, he you know, his, his youngest um, was always, would always get really frustrated by his youngest being very stubborn, and very, like, he's very stubborn in all his ways. And, you know, I'd see him in the summertime, we'd be talking about this, and I'd be like, hey, you know, Ben, um, you, it might have something to do with the stubbornness inside of you, and it was never really landed. And then it's probably two, three, two three years ago we were talking, we usually have nice late-night catch-ups, you know, in the summer when we catch up. And he's like, I realized something so amazing. And he's like, you could see he was having this epiphany. And he's like, I realized that all of the the stubbornness that I kept judging about, you know, my my son, that was just a reflection of me. And he was like, it was the most revolutionary. And I'm just sitting there listening, like part of me is like, Yep, told you that about ten years ago. But I'm <laughs> glad you finally figured it out. Like, yeah, yeah. Good, good job, brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, I find I find it's quite interesting as I get older. I'm definitely more self-aware, and my son now he's he's growing up now. He's 19, and we've because he, he's a, he's a lovely lad. He's a great lad. But of course, we're going to have arguments now and again. Now I find as I'm older, there's a lot more times when we'll have an argument. I'll step back and I'll think about. I'll think about it from his perspective because we do clash now and again and especially with lockdown um so I, I do I do enjoy the fact that as I get older I enjoy the fact that it's nice that I can I'm not so stubborn anymore I can step back and think and then and then we'll come to an agreement so we're not holding that his side my side'll we'll, you know we'll just work through it and I think it's so important. You know, when people get this stubbornness and get their back up and they don't want to – it's almost like I don't want to lose. It's not about that. It's about thinking from the other perspective. And what you, you talk about relationships is quite interesting because my wife is brilliant at that. She, If we argue, or, or she, my wife will just say one or two words or, or, a, or a sentence that makes me step back and think, oh, actually. So I think that's one thing that's quite important in relationships
1: yeah and i love that you say that because i think one of the most powerful tools is when we have the capacity to put ourselves into someone else's shoes and can begin to actually see the lens of their life through their shoes And, and especially when disagreement and conflict arises i mean you know my partner and i are often working with couples in a variety of different formats but around communication especially and you know, I think the greatest communication challenges is like, no, my opinion's right. No, my opinion's right. And it's just like this battling. And then at the end of the day, like there's obviously some truth in both sides. There's some ego, there's some frustration in both sides. And when both sides can actually be like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I see how you can observe it that way. Oh yeah, I can see how you can observe it that way. And then you can return to where love is at the center and where like a deeper place of Why are we actually together in the first place? Are we together so that we're constantly at a place of bickering, or can we let love be at the center of our relationship and just recognize, yeah, there's times when we have differences, and that's beautiful, and we can celebrate our differences and then celebrate the place of where it reflects within us where we haven't learned to love, honor, and appreciate, and then say, oh, wow, you're just a reflection of all the things inside of me that I haven't learned to love and appreciate within. Thank you. I love you. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the, real, the real important things. I think, I mean, we've sort of jumped forward, but just to sort of, I'll introduce you at the start anyway, because people will think. But you're, you have a lot of different, looking on your website and looking on the web, there's loads of different things that you're involved with. So relationship, co- coach, meditation, mindfulness. It, would you say that you deal with all of those, or would you say uh your your specialities relationships what what would you say aaron
1: um i would say i really deal with all of that and what i would say is it really falls under the the umbrella of of tantra and and tantra not just being a orgies and bono <laughs> like tantra being something that is you know an all-encompassing Feel the lineage that includes the entirety of the human experience and you know I, I think for often seekers people who are looking for something else and i found for myself in my early 20s i dove really deep into the field of mindfulness and understanding human behavior and really the science of the human experience and all of that was very cognitive it was very mental it was very uh, processing in that place and yet there was still this like embodied reality that was still not quite caught up with what my mind understood. And then when this field of Tantra came in, it was like it gave me permission to go into the deeper places in my body, into the uncomfortable emotions, into the 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 sexual animal, into all those places, and then actually begin to lift that energy up into the heart, and then take some of this energy from the mind and consciousness and understanding, and drop that down into the heart. So, when we look at our mastering the human experience, it's like when we're focused around the third eye and consciousness and meditation and and expanding what what's possible and and accessing our intuition. That's all beautiful. And then when we feel around like relationships and the heart, that's more like at these kind of you know central chakras here. And then as we go deeper down we're looking at our power center and our emotions and accessing really that like core strength of our being and then really at our base where we're feeling like our life force our sexuality so when all of these can be in alignment then we begin to recognize ourselves as a being that can fully access life force energy and the potentiality so my reach in all of that like there's times when I'm having a very esoteric conversation around you know philosophy and concepts in the brain and I love that and then there's times where it's this very raw primal like state that isn't necessarily even understood and I love that as well and I think when we can waver inside of all aspects of our human experience and celebrate it and meet it through the eyes of love then the vibration could begin to change in terms of how we're showing up in the world and and that's why it all kind of lands in that same umbrella if you will of tantra and you know i I say that and often people don't understand tantra because it's not it's usually associated to just sexuality but the only lineage the only spiritual lineage i've come across that include sexuality along with everything else is the field of tantra and that's why it's like okay i couldn't just keep myself as a mindfulness coach and as a transformational coach without including sexuality because that's where i was seeing there's so many of people's issues relying so i wanted to increase the umbrella of what i was able to support within my own journey as well as the journey of others and you know clients reaching out for support
0: i think it's interesting that. As a, as a, um, I can't really speak for a woman, but as a male, we can be quite one, one-dimensional almost. Especially if we, you, you meet men that are not emotionally intelligent, we can be quite. You know, I'm a man. I'm masculine. I have sexual urges. This, this is me. And what you're saying is it's so much more than that. It's you're, you're a complex human being with all these different things. And I suppose to to understand all that is so much more sort of life affirming, life changing if you like. And is that what you're doing there when you coach couples and men?
1: Yeah, it, it's like they're, you know, I think the basic framework are good to start with is to understand the duality of the human experience and when I say duality I mean that we're both in male bodies and we've been raised since we came out of our mother's womb as a man with a you know with certain genitals with certain ways of experiencing the world there's a whole other framework of humans who are females and they have a human female body journey so duality is saying that yes, I'm in this male body but I'm a bioelectric magnetic being. And I say bioelectric meaning that the smallest thing inside of me is a cell. A cell is a positive charge and a negative charge that annihilate each other to a point of equanimity. Everything in our world, wood, phone, everything is cells. Cells are always finding equanimity to create form and structure so the form and structure that we know the two of us is a male body journey yet inside of us there's also a feminine essence now it doesn't mean that i'm going to go become a woman and you know change my sexuality it just means that if i'm going to know how to master the human experience which is what i want to do so that i can actually access the wisdom of my soul then I have to begin to lean into the uncomfortable places that are often more associated to the receptive, tender energies of, of the feminine inside, which is usually the emotions, the chaos, the wild, the crazy. And for most men we're not taught that that's normal because as a young boy it's like don't be emotional big boys don't cry that's not allowed here we're taught to not be emotional so our emotional body for most male bodies has been suppressed and compressed and pushed down so when a man gets emotional Generally it's like oh my god domestic violence shit's hitting the fan this guy's gone crazy because there hasn't been an education for most man bodies of how to move the emotional body yeah. and and so he accesses it he thinks something's wrong with him because he's been told by society that he's not supposed to be emotional but basically society's been telling you the whole time only one half of you is welcome we, we don't <laughs> yeah. want the other half so imagine, and just put it into like a fairy tale picture imagine that inside of like probably 90 to 95% of the male bodies on this planet is a little, probably seven or eight year old caged up little girl who's been fucking pissed off, who's been pushed down, who's been antagonized, who's been told to never show up. And like, what does that male body do then? He creates as many structures and forms around him to try to make it so that 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 little girl can't be accessed.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it? It, it, when you deal with relationships um, and trying to coach these people. Do you find that sex is always the main that that's the that's the thing that people go to, but it's far deeper than that, or is there a range of issues?
1: Yeah, so I think sex is often at the forefront of what people want to see different. What's underneath that is a whole shitstorm of yeah. everything. Which <laughs> yeah. is yeah. Yeah. usually either the man's not getting enough, the woman is complaining about what she's getting, or you know isn't feeling like he's meeting her you know he's not meeting her outside the bedroom all of these different pieces and at the end of the day couples are often just wanting more connection intimacy and time together but often what's happening is there is way too much conversation and processing happening and not enough actually just coming together Eye to eye, soul to soul, letting everything dissolve away and just beginning to remember why people have come together in the first place. And I say that because when sexual energy can be present, it's the strongest healing modality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what that requires is a lot of vulnerability to show up and to take away the agenda. Most, you know, couples especially are having issues in the bedroom. Because, you know, the, the man is having the agenda of needing to have an ejaculation. The woman just wants her clitoral, you know, sneeze. And if the, both of those things aren't met, then they're both just un- unhappy little boys and girls who are like, it's not happening my way. <laughs> you know, it's, so it's like, okay, well, let's get underneath that. Let's see what's happening. Where, where are your unmet needs? Can you communicate? Man start to arouse her before you get her undressed. That means that you send her messages, you reach out to her, you have a genuine interest about her other than just taking your clothes off. Women, you recognize that a woman's, you know, a man's body, if you want his heart to open, then his sexuality has to open. And so it's like, ergonomically, this is the biggest issue. And I'll explain this, so it's like, women's bodies. the only way a woman's yoni opens is if her heart is open and the only way a man's heart open is if his sex gets activated so we're working with complete polar opposites no wonder why there's so many issues right
0: and also to be fair men can be quite selfish as well
1: of course of course and and a lot of women are emasculating men and they're cutting off their balls because they're not meeting them in a certain way But it's fucked up because they want their balls. They want to be fucked to God. But they don't want to surrender enough to be fucked to God. So it's a walking contradiction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you find... How successful are you, Aaron? Do you find that every couple goes away and says, oh, that was amazing, or you've sorted it, or do you find it's 50-50? What sort of how many times do you actually does it does it work does it get through to couples because i I suppose it can split couples up as well
1: for sure what i find is that when people are willing to do the work they're always going to return to love and returning to love doesn't necessarily mean that they're staying together because sometimes one of the partners has been staying in the relationship and they haven't been honoring themselves and they've wanted to step away for a while, but they've been afraid of losing love. Or, you know, it it can be a variety of different things, but when the, the layers get taken away and the masks get removed and two people can meet in that vulnerable, authentic place, then the only thing that's ever gonna be revealed is how can, love show up more and i'm not just saying like a mushy gushy love romantic love but an embodied love where you can look at your partner and consciously say hey yeah i want to continue diving deep into the mystery of life with you or you know what i love you and i really appreciate you and i, I think maybe our, our time is, is come to completion and being able to do that consciously i think one of the most beautiful Beautiful things, couples, when they're not in alignment anymore, is have conscious uncoupling. And that's challenging at times because we don't, often people are afraid of stepping outside their norms. They're afraid of doing anything differently. And if they've been in a relationship for the past 15 years, it's going to feel uncomfortable if you're on your own. It's a lot easier to just continue to put up with the bullshit from your partner that you really don't like because that's easier than actually dealing with all the uncomfortability inside. So that's really why I that was saying if people are willing to meet their edges and willing to do the work and dive into their unconscious, then the, what I see over and over again is a beautiful place of where individuals are returning to love.
0: Yeah, because and the other thing with that is, Aaron, it's generational as well. Because if you remember back in the day, years ago, especially when war, when we were at war and things like that, a relationship, especially with your grandma and your granddad, that was for life. You stuck together. You know, if it if it, you went through the struggles, the pains, you you kept with each other, and that that was it. And you, there was no excuse. But these days, it seems like there's a lot of throwaway divorces. So you've almost got the opposite happening now, haven't you?
1: There's a propensity inside of our culture that's always looking to find more pleasure than pain. There's a part of our, our Hollywood life, a part of our what we've been sold, that one day I'm going to find this individual, this life that's going to give me more pleasure than pain. And I'll just cut that, fucking straight down the the middle right now. That's never going to happen. Simply because we're in a bioelectric magnetic being that is in duality. And there's always an equal amount of both pain and pleasure. Now, you know, that that doesn't mean that you want to just suffer through situations because you know there's pain and pleasure. But it means that you're willing to move through the difficult times because inside difficulty inside pain there's just as much joy as there is the challenges of pleasure but it's letting go of our addiction to wanting something a white picket fence wanting something to be a way that we're not going to have challenge there's always going to be drawbacks and advantages is always going to be good and bad and kind and cruel and naughty and nice we cannot have life any other way when we're able to transcend and move through all that and find authentic embodied gratitude for both perceptions then we can actually like find the deeper cosmic realms or wild you know uh you know opening of our pineal land and experiencing dmt and all these other places but until we have an embodied gratitude for both sides of the coin then it's all just smoke and mirrors
0: yeah i think and the other thing is aaron as well today because we're in such a fast world and everything's moving everyone's stressed everyone's doing things people want quick fixes and you've social media as well look at instagram you see how perfect everybody's life is so I think this day and age, especially thinking of what you were talked about there as affairs, is for men and women to get that quick fix of something exciting they haven't had for years. Really, it's, it's really selfish what they should be doing is looking back at their own relationship and working on that. Um, what, what tell us a little bit about that, Aaron, about relationships that you see where there's been affairs?
1: Yeah, I mean, affairs are a huge piece of when people aren't willing to confront their own shadows, you know. And I I see that sometimes affairs get called a more formal name of polyamory, which can work in a beautiful framework when people have multiple partners and there's conscious communication. Woohoo! But, you know, if you're. you're, You just said
0: we're not about (laughs) orgies.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But. but if if you're if you're having a, a polyamorous relationship, but only one of you knows, that's not polyamory. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's, Damn good. It, that's I, good. I, I yeah. should have told her. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's like that. But that's funny because the reason, you know, affairs are often happening is because an individual isn't willing to sit with everything that's been coming up, that's been reflected back to your partner. Because, you know, how long have you been married now?
0: Uh, Ten years. Coming up ten years this July. And we've been together longer,
1: yeah. Oh, beautiful. So you you've been you've been in a relationship. So she knows you pretty well, right? Yeah, she yeah. knows your good side. She knows your ugly yeah. side. She knows all of you. Yeah. And would you say that in many ways, if you can utilize that, like your relationship with her and everything that she reflects to you as a as a spiritual practice, would would you like? Would you be open to that as a place for your evolution and growth?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So. So. But most people aren't on that train they're like oh my partner is showing me all these things that i i don't i can't own inside of me and when we recognize that our world we're we're just a series of reflective capacities. so anything any trait or characteristic that my my beloved is embodying that i am like i'm blaming shaming and condemning her for i need to turn the trigger back to me and say, wow, I show up that way as well. Can I love that part of me instead of blaming it in her? Yeah. The reason affairs are often happening is because people get bored, they get triggered, and they get annoyed by their partner. So they're like, let me go get a quick fix on the other side where I don't have to actually feel what's coming up. Yeah. Because new love, new sex, it releases all the new happy chemicals, and it's great, and it's fun, it's amazing but eventually that affair unless you're having the capacity to go deep with that individual is just going to be like another quick fix and drug or or, you know drinking a couple beers on a friday night with the buddies it's like it's great for a little while and then the pain sets in
0: yeah and what i find as well um with my wife is Dating sites and things like that now, they say, right, you know, I love bike riding, so I'm going to look for someone who loves bike riding. I love musicals. Now, yes, that's nice. But what I think, because m- me and my wife are quite polar opposites. I'm a creative. She's a grafter. You know, I, love, I love films. She doesn't... We, but it's not about that because I think that's quite nice that we're opposites. But if we go through, as in a relationship, you go through your ups and downs. If we go through a real bad time... Uh, and then afterwards we talk about it and we've worked our way through it it makes that bond stronger so the more times and the over time and the more up and downs we have we we seem to get stronger would you agree with that
1: absolutely and and what i'm hearing and what you're sharing is there's a willingness to continue to return to love there's a willingness that even in the 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 complications and the arguments there's like okay i can see underneath this and i still love you and there, there's enough polarity that's present because if you part you love everything together and you're spending 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time together, then you're like, oh, I need some space, I need some space for me. And yeah. you know I, my, my partner and I, we lived together. We run a relate we run a business together and we teach together it's like there's a lot of factors that are there there's times when i ha- absolutely i need my alone time my own space she goes off with friends i go off my friend like that is an absolute requirement because if not it's like there's just these we just start hitting each other in wrong frictional areas and i it's like what i see one of the huge issue in relationships is that codependency happens when people don't know inner union within themselves and when i say inner union what i mean and I'm referencing what i was talking about earlier is that the masculine and feminine inside of the being knows their own relationship they, they have their own relationship meaning like before i met raven I had about two and a half, three years where I was really just on a deep journey of my own inner union. And I was, I had a lot of lovers and a lot of connections, but I was always coming back into my own heart yeah. and I wasn't projecting my feminine. I wasn't projecting my essence onto a woman. I was like staying true to what's alive in here. We're Often in relationships, we're still in Jerry Maguire. We're still, you complete me. <laughs> You complete me, we're looking for someone to complete us. It's like, look in the mirror right now, you complete yourself. And then when you can be in a relationship with another, and you can get celebrated by that being being in their own inner union, then there's just a whole other area to play in. But when you're relate, relying upon another person to complete you, then there's a whole whole, whole shitstorm of, of trouble along the way. Yeah.
0: I believe, yeah, I, I blame Tom Cruise for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking shit like that, you complete When he said that line, I was like, oh my God, what a line to say. Yeah. So now, Aaron, so you oh, get dude. involved in all this in your yeah. 20s, you're finding yourself. Just tell us a little bit about mindfulness, sort of your meditation and things like that, because this year... Uh, the last few years, I've been saying, all right, I'm going to get into meditation, and this year, I'm really trying to push myself, uh, because I yeah. do think it's important. Tell us a little bit about that, Aaron.
1: Yeah, mindful. I mean, meditation, one of the best definitions I ever received from meditation, my first meditation teacher, um, I was living in LA, and I was studying at a, a place called the Agape, um, which was kind of a science of mind, trans spiritual center, and you know she gave a definition called you know meditation is just an appreciation of what is and when you can have an appreciation of what is then you can begin to cultivate the witness inside of you now meditation absolutely can be sitting in a lotus position eyes are closed you know crown of your head is connected to the center of the cosmos your base is grounded to the center of the earth like you just become this vessel of spirit And I've had, I've meditated in the Himalayas, I've traveled throughout all the world, I've had incredible meditative moments around the planet. But meditation, when it can just be brought into day-to-day life, can I, in the moment of when I'm about to react to my partner, in the moment of when I'm about to go prove my opinion because my failure wound has been triggered inside, can I take a moment to pause to recognize, wow, can I witness the part of me that wants to react right now? Can I witness the part of me that needs to prove my point? Can I witness life from the lens of, you could say, non judgmental, from the lens of just the observer? So meditation really cultivates the capacity inside of us to witness all of the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, the goods and bads that are happening through simply the eyes of the, 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 the observer, without the attachment to either one way being good or one way being bad. It's like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Oh yeah, that's interesting. And the more that that energy begins to be cultivated inside, then you can begin to hold more spaciousness Now, the other side of this, and this I don't think a lot of meditation teachers are often talking about, is that if I'm always going to that place of non-dual, if I'm always going to that place where I am just the witness, life is passing through me, nothing matters, I'm just a spiritual fuck on the mountain who isn't willing to actually embody into the human form, which I'm sure you've come across, and you're like, are you there, knock knock, anybody home? Like, come on you know so the meditation for me is life meditation is a is a choice where we can embody our awakening that's why we call our school the embodied awakening academy we're incorporating meditative principles but we're bringing it into day-to-day existence and that's not easy it's easier for me to go sit in an ashram in nepal and just contemplate upon the leaf falling on my on my shoulder. <laughs> I've done that. It's really it, it's not super easy, but after a while, it's like ah, oh, leaf, water. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, that's oh. not for everyone, though, is it? That and that's it's what not- you say. That's what you say. It's almost it almost ruins it for everyone else because everyone looks at that and thinks, oh bloody hell, idiot sitting there on the mountain. It's trying to make it more accessible for everyone and and bring it into everybody's lives, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And making it more accessible means that the way I can incorporate meditation into my day-to-day life is that every morning, you know, I'll go to my yoga mat, I'll go to in front of my altar, and I'll just begin to sit with what's coming up inside of me. Can I let whatever sensation and experience is happening inside of me can I let it be there without judging it? Can I let it be there without trying to push it away? Can I let it be there without trying to change any of it and just to say, hey, oh, wow, okay, that's what's happening? Can I let my emotions move without judging my emotions as good or bad? You know, can I just observe, wow, my partner was an absolute. Fucking crazy woman last night. Oh, interesting. <laughs> wow, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> do, 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 I, do I need to change her or can I just let her be there? Like one of the greatest gifts that the mass and female bodies can cultivate is our capacity to hold loving presence. And, you know, maybe maybe a woman, as your partner said to you, can you just be more present with me? You're distracted or, you know, I know that's what often men hear. It's like, don't go to your phone. Just just be here with me. Yeah. So when when the masculine can just be there holding loving presence, that doesn't mean we're stoic. We're not connected to our heart. It just means that we're in loving presence. All parts of whatever we see in front of us are welcome. The tears, the anger, the frustration, that's all there. And to be able to do that, we have to do two things. We have to know that stillness within, and we also have to know the everything. It's like the stillness, I can look at this water bottle. The stillness is the form of this water bottle. It's like this pillar of presence. It's glass, it's form, it's all of that. And then all around this water bottle is the wind the waves the shakti it's for it's flowing it's 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 going in all these different directions trees are a great example of that yeah the tree is just the strong form and then the leaves are swaying and moving with the wind and the weather That's shakti in a hindu reference and the tree being shiva this pure unfiltered complete presence
0: yeah do you find that with men and women when you're working with them because men are sort of supposed to be one-dimensional, women are supposed to be a lot more complex. Who do you find is the biggest is the biggest breakthrough when you make it through men or is it both or is it women can women be quite difficult because they can, they can be stubborn? How does it, how do you usually find that?
1: Well, I would say yeah, both are equally difficult just depending on what it is that say
0: women. women.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Women. Women Women are very difficult.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna tell my wife. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's like we're we all have our own unique set of patterning and conditioning and all of that pattern and conditioning is what we bring to relationship and the the grace begins to land when we're able to consciously reflect upon our own patterns because you know I I often see especially with with men it's like yeah and she's just she's just crazy and and you know she did this and this and the other thing it's like well how many times have you experienced that well yeah, every single partner I've been with for the last 10 years, it's <laughs> always been the same thing. It's like, what, what, just tell me, what's the common denominator here?
0: It just maybe, just don't know, throw you know. it out
1: there. I don't know. its it, They're all the same. They're all doing the same thing. It could possibly, you could be the possible denominator. I, I don't know. Call me crazy. Don't know. You know, like I noticed in my own relating, there was a very similar similar patterning in all of the women that were coming into my life for a long period. They even all were around the same birthday as my mother. To <laughs> so the point in which I was like, I, I think I, I met this woman. I was living in Singapore at the time, and we were hitting it off, and it was sexy and it was beautiful. as many years back, and you know, probably in the I think the second or third date, I was like, so just tell me what's your birthday, and it was like right around my mother's birthday, and I'm like. You know, I, I really enjoy you and I know where this is going to go. So I think I'm just going to end this now and do yeah. both of us a favor. She was like, what? What did I do? I'm like, nothing against you. It's all me, honey. I just know I've attracted the same thing again and it's time <laughs> to actually kick this in the ass. Yeah. And since I did that, I, w- I haven't had that same archetypal woman again. I, sp-
0: I suppose that's a good point because as a man, when we first get into a relationship, it's all about the sex, isn't it? Yeah, she's great in the sack. But that's, that, that's where marriages can go wrong, because if, yeah, you're great in the sack, but you're not looking at the emotional, intelligent, intelligence, and, and the how you're actually getting on, then you get married, and then a few years down the line, you're like, actually, I should never have married this woman.
1: <laughs>
0: you see that, don't you?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And then it's like, oh, let me just go find another woman who's good in the sack, so I'll cheat on this woman, I'll go find a new woman that I can make love with for a couple of years, have all the happy chemicals. And then when that dies, oh, wow, oh I think I need to find a new one. And then it's just like the same pattern over and over and over again. You know, I pretty consistently have, you know, I'd say 50 to 60 year old men who will send messages to my inbox and be like, all right. I've seen a pretty consistent pattern. I'm I'm ready to change the trajectory. Can, can we have a conversation? I, I I think there's a piece of me that I haven't actually seen inside of this. You know, the same thing keeps happening in breakups. So it seems to happen in relationships, and I, I, I need to get underneath that. And it's like, and that's like beautiful. There, there's a recognition, yeah. and that's the first step in healing. When when a man finds his way to my inbox or find his way to email me, I'm like, okay. That's I know it. that he, at least a part of him is ready now.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's the what's the future hold then? Aaron? Are you just going to continue what you do? You obviously enjoy what you're doing, and, and uh, is that is that the future? How do you see the future panning out?
1: yeah i mean definitely continuing to expand and grow with what we're doing with the academy we have a whole kind of encyclopedia of tantra um pretty much every chakra if you've heard that term before every chakra in the body we have an online course um our living tantra retreat we you know we were doing in many countries around the world that's growing and expanding um yeah i'm i'm in the process i have a book that's writing through me right now that will will be coming out um all about an integration of all of this and yeah i i also really love the space of my life where i'm 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 not working like i love this work and i i I could do it till i'm blue in the face but i you know i've been taking more days off of work enjoying some more time in nature and just really slowing down and 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 letting everything settle i've never had a huge drive for massive amounts of money or wealth and maybe i probably should in a way but i what what drives me is going to bed every night and saying well I'm, i'm really enjoying this life and that doesn't mean i'm in front of a computer for 15 hours a day I have friends that that's what they do and and they love it and they have huge followings and do that you know I I reach people and I reach people when they're ready and I support humans and I you know do my best to make that reach larger and larger but I'm also not gonna break my back trying to do it I'm gonna do it in in the the alignment and intuition of my soul
0: and uh, I always ask my guests for a bit of advice if you were to give I suppose the best bit of advice maybe you've been given and maybe advice for couples out there. What, what sort of advice could you give Aaron?
1: Yeah, I would say for couples, be willing to receive the reflections of your partner with grace and appreciation. So I'll I'll say the difference between reflection and deflection. Reflection is an honest, taking in of what they're sharing deflection is the superhero nothing's going to touch me i am i am impenetrable so in couples our beloved is our greatest teacher and that doesn't mean we utilize that to manipulate our partner i'm your greatest teacher so you better listen to me it's like no they're reflecting they know you really well you've taken off the mask you've gotten vulnerable so be willing to grow with them and be willing to, to, to show up in a way where love can be present and you're willing to receive what they have to say without, you know, deflecting and without trying to make them wrong for what they're sharing. Because all they're doing is sharing their perspective. And when, when both people can feel that, then a deeper level of intimacy begins to land. Intimacy that isn't just in the bedroom, certainly can be. But intimacy that happens at a soul level.
0: Yeah, I think you you'll get some men that maybe watch or listen this, listen to this, and at that point will go, "Yeah, that's a cool point." And then you'll get other men go, "Fuck off!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and, and and to 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 the to the men out there especially. Like, I know the the place of, of deflection, arrogance, and ignorance so well. And what I would say, like, more than anything is, are you willing to let your ego drop for a moment and let your body feel because and, and this is actually, I'll just tie this into orgasm, the same energetic channels that your emotional body moves through are the same energetic channels that allow for a more multi-orgasmic experience. So if you're a man listening to this and you want to be multi-orgasmic, get a relationship with your emotional body or else it will never happen.
0: There you go. That'll change some people's attitude. <laughs> and I think the thing is those men that say, oh, piss off, they're the ones, you know, when you break them down and if they become more self-aware, they, they've got so much going for them but because that's hold, that stubbornness is holding them back, sort of, you know what I mean?
1: For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, and it's, you know, there, there, there's a willingness. When the willingness is there, then the, the teacher appears, and, and I trust in that process yeah. so beautifully.
0: Yeah, and that must be really fulfilling for you when, when you see that. Right, uh, and then finally, a yeah, favourite, Aaron. Do you have a favourite book or a film, just something that people can access?
1: Um, you know one of the four couples a great book is called The Invisible Partners
0: it
1: and it talks about the contrasexual relationship inside of, um, inside of partnership it's phenomenal and I would you know a, a, a great individual that really set the, a powerful tone for all of this field David Data uh, Way of the Superior Man Finding God Through Sex, great books that really are, are quite powerful. Um, and, yeah, if you're wanting any free resources on all of these conversations on our website, we have a, a plethora of, of information and free articles, blogs, videos that people can dive into and have a whole education without even opening their credit cards. So.
0: Uh, the, the Invisible Partners, I'm going to write that down. I don't need it. I'm just going to write <laughs>
1: Yeah, just just write it down. Just maybe, maybe you know, maybe it's not an audio book. Who knows? Yeah.
0: Um, so you say about free free information and ebooks and things like that. Where can people find you, Aaron?
1: So uh, we have a podcast which is pretty much just Raven and I. Our different teachings, uh, love, sex, and freedom. It's on all the major podcast channels. Um, embodiedawakeningacademy.com dot com. Um, you can check out all our information there. I have uh, my own website, which is just aaronpleinerman.com, and then you can see all of my coaching and, and all the other. I mean, between the two of us, if an individual were to actually like watch through all of the free resources that we've put out there through the last years, they could have a tremendous education. So yeah, if you wanted to do that, find it and, and, and dive into it. There's so much people can learn in, in, in there that's free.
0: Yeah, I've had a look around on the the resources and it's just great. You've got so much on there, so no, it's really good. Well, look, Aaron, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Thanks so much for taking time out in Bali uh off your hammock
1: (laughs) to talk (laughs) i gotta get off every once in a while
0: (laughs) But yeah just make sure you keep doing what you're doing uh stay in touch and maybe we'll have another chat in a year from now and see where you are then because i can just see you growing and growing it's it's just brilliant what you're doing
1: yeah thank you brother and i I love what you're uh, doing i love this podcast and i love just your your grace and ease in this conversation it's really beautiful and i really appreciate you and what you're doing
0: yeah, lovely. Thank you, Aaron. All right, take care and I'll speak to you soon.
1: All right, ciao for now. So that's
0: it. Massive thanks again to Aaron for joining me today and also for you, to you for listening or watching if you're on YouTube, of course. Make sure you follow the podcast because coming up over the next month, there are some even more amazing interviews just like Aaron's was. Right there. The podcast is streaming on the usual platforms, including iTunes, Spotify. So please leave a rating on them. Subscribe means a lot. Keep up to date on social media. Facebook is my way of thinking podcast. Instagram is my what podcast. And Twitter is my way of thinking with a three on the end instead of a G. Every week, I also put the whole conversation on YouTube. Just put my way of thinking podcast. And finally, if you think you'd be a great guest, or you want to get in touch, email me. It's my what podcast at AOL.com. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. Until next time, God bless and take care.